0: and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, everyone. Before we start this episode, I just quickly want to share with you about my latest Aware Parenting workshop. It is a workshop exploring aware parenting and natural learning because many parents who are drawn to aware parenting and start to question many of the traditional assumptions about raising children also then start to question other assumptions about supporting our children's well-being, including whether to send them to school or not. And often when we are really passionate about this approach and all the wonderful things that it brings to our family, we also start to get questions about whether going to school is a good idea for our children where we know that they won't be supported to heal from stress and trauma, where they will be experiencing stress and trauma, and where they are experiencing punishments and rewards. So this four-hour workshop will give you lots of information about how I have journeyed homeschooling in my own family and how we can explore what natural learning and aware parenting can look like in our homes and how we can make it all work. So if you're interested in learning more, please go to my website, awareparenting.com.au forward slash workshops now I'll get on with this beautiful interview. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today I'm really excited because I'm having a very different kind of conversation and today I have the pleasure of talking with Charlotte Punto. Charlotte thanks so much for making time to talk to us.
1: Oh thanks so much for having me Joss. I'm really looking forward to this chat and uh, yeah going somewhere different for you as well. It's gonna yeah. be good.
0: Yeah. So I will just introduce you quickly. Charlotte is an internationally award winning menstrual cycle coach, speaker, entrepreneur, and mum. She empowers children and parents on the transformative journey of puberty and the menstrual cycle. As a mum of three and the founder of an award winning menstrual education school, Charlotte understands the unique challenges and opportunities of parenting in harmony with the menstrual cycle. Guided by her expertise, families embrace the cycle's power and support their daughters to feel confident and prepared and fully supported through puberty and their first period. With her first moon circles, Charlotte trains global menstrual educators fostering period positivity and open communication in the home. It just sounds so amazing and it's so aligned with Aware Parenting because of course, the are parenting what we're really focusing on is that tuning into that innate wisdom of our bodies and then supporting that understanding and that that knowledge and that connection with self for, for ourselves and for our children. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And of course, as I said to you before, like everyone who's listening, is either a woman who is experiencing menstrual cycles and a mother or has a daughter or a partner or a sister or a mother. So, you know, this is relevant for everybody in the planet. So thanks for making time. And I'd love to start just by asking you briefly to tell us a bit about how you got into this work, because it's a pretty unusual thing that you're doing, whilst it's a very important thing too.
1: Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's uh, it's one of those things where there's no clear way in. It's, you know, the sum of all kinds of different life experiences and, and opportunities coming up that's that's opened this this door for me to to be here. But it all really started off after the birth of my second child, who's just turned six a couple of days ago. So we've just been celebrating that. And it was her birth that really brought me to a place of that that sort of dark night of the soul idea and falling to my knees, as it were, and just not being able to go on with life as it was before, where I was just really found myself you know, needing to really be more present with myself and my children and just really wanting to step out of the hamster wheel that I felt I'd been on before that. And this really difficult time was was that sort of descent into the underworld as it were for me where I just it's like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what it's all about. what am I here for? what's what's the bigger picture and I just really need to change the way that I'm living and I went on this this spiritual journey really of working out you know who I was and, and all of that and it was a you know, it's a long and ever, Unfolding process. But it was at that point that I started to think, I don't want to go back to work. We'd left the city. We lived two and a half hours by train outside of Sydney. And I didn't want to go back and do what I was doing and was really just finding, wanting to find something deeper. And my first job out of uni had been working with young people, with students at a university in the UK and helping them to find. You know their confidence and their skills and and their their worth and to believe in themselves and to to really just tap into who they were so they could go out into the world and and embrace their, themselves and live you know in alignment with themselves. And so I went back to that and thought, well, how can I work with young people again? And so through, I did did some trainings and they were just kind of magically opened up to me at the perfect timing. And one was a youth mentor training. Another was uh, a a sacred circle facilitation training. And I'd never been to a women's circle before and just found myself at this three-day immersive training. Like, where am I? What world have I just stepped into? (laughs) And and, and not long after that, did some life coach training as well. So it was really this pivotal moment where everything fell apart and I just followed the, the breadcrumbs, as it were, to put things together and it just really experimented with, with, with who and why and all of that. So I started holding women's circles in my community where I'd moved. This second daughter of mine was two weeks old. We had actually relocated, but we knew nobody here part of why it was so difficult so I started to build community here because I really needed it myself and I started to hold circles for girls as well just really tapping into this wanting to work with young young people again but there was this very much deeper part of me that had really bursting through me this this sense of like my inner child self who you know, I was thinking, oh, wouldn't that have been wonderful if I'd have had that too? That place of belonging and support, a chance to feel safe with other girls and to learn about, you know, self-care and body wisdom and all of these kinds of things. So it was very much this, this healing journey I was on was coming out and manifesting into the work that I was doing. And then a mother asked me, would I do a period workshop for her daughter and her daughter's friends because she was reaching puberty uh, she was trying to be really period positive with her daughter her daughter didn't want to hear it from mom she was quite embarrassed and she'd already taken on this idea that it was shameful and gross and oh, I don't want to have that talk and so her mum said you know maybe you could do it as somebody who's not mum and can come and share this holistic information and I'd only discovered my menstrual cycle. When I wanted to start a family, I'd been on the pill since I was 16. I'd had terrible periods from the ages of about 12 to 16, really heavy, painful. I'd have to take a day off school and go to bed, and I would just flood through the pads and I would sleep on a towel and still stain the bed and just this really awful experience that i had and was put onto the pill aged 16 because that's just what you do and my mum had done the same and she'd had similar period experiences to me so i'd been on the pill from 16 to about 28 29 and it was only when i came off the pill that i you know started reading up on I'm going to I'm going to learn how to to fall pregnant and what's this fertility thing all about because you know it it I realised there was more to it than you know we get told that we can fall pregnant any time and that it's you know careful your body is not trustworthy and so realising that actually there was much more to it than just having a period that you needed to manage and you know there was there was there was so much more to it and that you could like understand. You know, what was happening to your body, just set me on this path of, of learning about my body and my sen- my menstrual cycle. And it being so much more than what we'd ever, ever been taught before, that I was in this place where I really wanted to share this with these girls. So I created this event that I called a first moon circle because I was doing women's moon circles. And so I thought, well, this is like their first moon circle in a way. And you know, lots of people and traditionally have called periods, moon time, because traditionally uh, menstrual cycles have been synced with the moon and so I held this circle that was just so joyful and fun and I absolutely loved it but mostly what blew me away was the girls who came in with their like they couldn't make eye contact with me They was so awkward and oh I can't believe I've got to sit here and talk about periods oh, kind of thing and by the end of it and their mums join us for a little blessing and celebration and to learn more as well at the end. So there's a girl's bit, then a mum's and daughter's bit. And the, the girls were all, mum, 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 this is what I learned. Did you know this? Really open. And the mother said to me afterwards, she felt like she'd had a, a good mum moment. She'd really learnt for herself. She'd seen her daughter flourish, be really open and willing to chat. And she said, oh, you know, you should you should do this I thought yeah I really should right. so it it kind of went from there really that's how I started the first mean circles and the training and with regards to women just very quickly it it was really just as I was learning the clients the women that I was uh, supporting it was it was about motherhood. It was about self-care. It was about discovering yourself on you know, the other side of motherhood and holding space for yourself as a mother as well as your children. And the menstrual cycle conversation just kept coming up. Clients were bringing it to me often and I was learning as well and going, oh, this is really impacted by the cycle. So took myself off to learn more and more and in this sort of co-created way you know, coach and client learning together. And from there, it's basically just become the niche that I really specialize in because it is so powerful. It is so interconnected with all things, with how we are as ourselves, how we parent, how we show up at work or create or whatever it is we're doing in our relationships, in our own inner healing journeys just all aspects of life is so mirrored through our menstrual cycle. And so it's just something I'm incredibly passionate about is reclaiming and, yeah, just see the difference that it makes to people when we learn that, not just body literacy, but that deeper connected, like how things are all interconnected too, through our rites of passages, through the seasons of our cycle. It's endlessly fascinating.
0: Wow. It really
1: is endlessly fascinating. That's amazing. I
0: love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I think it's such a common thing for people who are discovering different ways of being with themselves and with their families that we often it's through motherhood that we get this invitation really to to dive deep into where we're at in our life and where we really want to be and I love how you brought in that sense about trusting life and and the magic of life and, and trusting our bodies too as, as you learn more about this and I think that's another really common one as well about having to build community because that's what we really desire and what we really need and how, again, that's about disconnection from from each other and from the earth where we're living and, and all of those those layers to that. And I love what you were talking about as well, about your realizations around your own inner child and being able to offer that to others, that which you craved yourself, that sense of belonging, that sense of safety, of being supported. And all whilst learning about self-care, about the wisdom of our bodies and, and literacy. I love that word, body literacy, and all the stuff around self-connection too. And I think it's really interesting what you were saying about, you know, being on the pill for years. That was my story too. I had terrible periods. I had endometriosis for like five, six years and went through all the hideous treatments for that. And and really, it wasn't until I became more aware of what was going on in my body, what my cycles were, what what my hormones required, and actually taking a really holistic and natural look at what my body needed, that I was able to heal myself through diet and through all the other things that were so crucial on that journey. But I wonder if you might like to start with just going on from that, You know, why is it that our menstrual cycle awareness is is just so it's just not something that most of us know and i mean for me as a child i remember <laughs> my teachers at school i was at a boarding school and the teacher the headmaster's wife took all the girls at some stage when we were about 11 i guess and explained to us what what periods were and so on and because i'd been naughty that day i wasn't allowed to go so i didn't actually <laughs> learn anything oh, about no. it except from peers and then the whole narrative around it, as children, was about that it was. We called it the curse, and so yeah. I wonder why. What's your impression about why this is something that we're now discovering and now being able to support our daughters with and ourselves with, but is so misunderstood and so full of shame? Mm. You know, why is why is that?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question, and I've I've looked into this quite a lot because. It's an important question to understand, you know, how we got to where we are, and so it gives us clues as to how we need to reclaim it as well. And in short, the answer is that it is a an incredibly, it's a power. It's a, it's a embodied power that women, that people who who you know have menstrual cycles, children have. We have it in our bodies. And it's something that when a few thousand years ago, when we went from a matrilineal culture where women held the land and the lineage was inherited down the female line, because a mother birthing a child, you can guarantee the maternity of, of that, like who the mother is. Everything used to go through the mother line and menstruation it actually puts you into a slightly altered state as well, where we can have heightened intuition, wisdom, a a kind of bigger picture capacity. It's a really incredible gift that we can tap into once we have come into right relationship with our body and cycle. And people knew this. So we would have women generally synced to bleed at the same time under the new moon so when it was dark because our brains have the light receptor in in our brain and that would read the moon so the moon's illumination before we have industrial lighting so generally people would live in community out on the land and so women would sink With their menstrual cycles. So women would bleed together and it would be a retreat time and not a shame to boot. You are not clean. You are not pure. You are not allowed to participate. Like in a holy sacred, you are bleeding. You don't need to bother yourself with the general running day-to-day things. We will pick that up and you go and bleed and nurture and nourish your bodies, yourselves, but also to tap into this collective visioning power, because it said that these circles of, of bleeding women could envisage answers, solutions, the direction of the, the community, you know, where they needed to, when to hunt, when to grow, what you know, how to solve situations that had come up in that that community. And it was, it was really trusted. This power was was of the woman, the menstruating woman, but also the wise elder women. I don't mean that once you stopped bleeding or if you weren't bleeding, your power was taken away. But blood was the real symbol of the divine, the feminine, the goddess. Nature's first fertilizer was, was menstrual blood. Women would go and free bleed on, on the crops, on the fields, and it would fertilize the food. So it was this Deep connection to the earth, to the and to the goddess, where people would believe that women were the, also the personification of, of you know, the feminine, the goddess, the, the life-giving um force that was needed to continue the the cultures as well. Priestesses, you know, would have tended the temples, would have been, you know, the elite would have been in, in great power, very powerful roles, even into the early patriarchal years when. Everything was taken away from this matrilineal way over into a male-dominated hierarchical, you know, the system that we we basically live in today. So women would have had these powers that men couldn't access because it didn't exist in their bodies. And so a way of taking away this power, they couldn't take it, they couldn't, they couldn't mimic it, they couldn't bleed themselves. And so What's the the weapon against that? It's shame. It's taboo. It's saying it's unclean and impure. It's saying that it's it's not allowed. It's not permitted to engage in in certain parts of of society anymore. And so over time, we've seen this shift away from you know, real honoring and real respect and reverence and this connection to the cycles to nature to life and and death and this very big picture spiritual connection between menstruation and and the beyond into the the way we have it now which is we don't talk about it we don't complain about it we don't understand it it's it's still very much in the in the collective consciousness that menstruation is is filthy it's gross it's painful it's you know, we don't see red blood used on menstrual products, adverts, either. It's it's some kind of blue liquid or or it's just not seen. It's And the whole messaging is that if you use a tampon, uh, you can just plug it up, pretend it's not even happening and just get on with it and just be the same every single day, rather than living in the cyclical way that honors where you're at. And the fact your body's actually different energies needs and capacities every single day of a whole menstrual cycle and that being this beautiful gift and power we're still at that place of of really denying dismissing and suppressing and so ancestrally we've inherited this story and it shows up in our bodies because when we suppress emotions it's held as, as stored stagnant energy pain grief it manifests in our bodies you know, as ill health, disease, but also as menstrual problems. And so we have these inherited and, you know, we can think about our mothers or our grandmothers or the stories of how the women in our lineage have their periods or how they relate to their bodies. And it it is inherited because when we hear from, you know, our elder, this is just how it is, then that's what we expect it to be as well. And actually when we can tap into what's, going on under all of this and do the inner healing work and do this reclamation work we can actually change our experience of our menstrual cycles we can bring it back out of shame and taboo we can reclaim it as a superpower we can talk about it and share it with our children and you know it's changed it's like changing the world one period at a time it's incredibly powerful so yeah it's it's been a it's been a journey but i feel like we're on the way back to period positivity and it not being so taboo and awkward, but obviously in certain parts of the world it's it, it's more extreme th- than others. But yeah, I think we're on the right path. Wow, thank you. I really loved
0: listening to that answer, and it's such a sharp contrast, isn't it? <laughs> that between that historical of way of, of living, that matrilineal line, where the wisdom and the power and the reverence and the respect and the honoring and the connection to nature to 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 the earth and and natural ways of living and the power of of women and the the reverence and honoring of, of those women in their power and how sharply that contrasts with all of the words that you use there that were just so jarring like filthy and gross and painful taboo Unseen and unclean, and denying and dismiss dismissing and suppressing. It's just so. Oh, it's really oh, such a such a sharp contrast, and I really love this sense. I do feel like I can see how different it is already, like my experience in comparison to my daughter's experience. So I I do see this really changing, and how powerful that will be. So I'd love you to talk a little bit about what are the cycles then of our cycle so that we can understand Mm -hmm. this better. Because the other thing I noticed that even though I had much more awareness gradually, (laughs) as I healed myself from endometriosis about my cycles, every month, it was actually a shock and a surprise to me when I would get my period. I would just literally be, I remember my daughter sometimes would be like, she'd go into the toilet after I'd been and she'd like, mom, you're you're bleeding. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I am. (laughs) So I'd love to understand more about what's going on in our cycle
1: so that we can all be just more tuned in with that. Mm. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. And you know, I've, it's taken me until my thirties to learn about all of this too. So yeah, we have, so the menstrual cycle, I'll give, give a summary and overview of what's actually going on. So as I've said, and as I'm sure you know, it's so much more than just a period, but your menstrual cycle is the whole time that it takes to start a period, finish a period, and then all the time in between until the next period starts. So on average, it's about a month long but it can vary for adults the normal range that's given is every you know having a period every 21 to 35 days and for for children it's it's actually 21 to 45 days and while it's while well, they're in puberty and the early years of the menstrual cycle settling down so i'm talking about much more than than just that and you might have come across this in your own starting a family journey as well but We've got four seasons of of the menstrual cycle and we call it seasons because it, which is just beautiful because we have these four hormonal phases of the cycle but each phase is a mirror of what's happening in nature and so by calling it a season we can tap into the energies the qualities that that's happening in in our bodies and and understand it because we're so familiar with the four seasons of the earth it gives us clues as how to honor and live in flow in sync with that part of our cycle so when i'm talking about the seasons i'll just explain what i mean so if a cycle starts with your period, that's known as your inner winter. And if you think about what's happening in winter in nature, the, like the animals are hibernating, the plants are not growing, but you know it's all like this underground, maybe roots are growing deeper or seeds are germinating. So it's that dormancy time. It's all happening inwards. And in our bodies at this time... We might not have much energy because our hormonal levels are low and it draws us very inwards into this intuitive state. And as I said before about this inward, reflective, visionary capacity, this intuition is like the superpower. So it draws us inwards and it can cause us to be a a bit withdrawn maybe from, from even our families or the world at large. And we're bleeding, but our body is doing this miraculous work of, of basically releasing the womb lining, and then starting already to ripen the egg that will be released later in the cycle. So it, so much is happening on the inside, but it's also a time, and I think it's so interesting to talk about it, and not just in this biological what's happening way, but like what that then causes us to to feel like within ourselves. And then how we interact with the world around us. So in ourselves, we can feel, like I say, a bit withdrawn, wanting some quiet time. It's time to let the let the last cycle end and, and gently slowly think about beginning this new cycle. This is a time when we might want some more quiet time to ourselves, and you know, you might feel like you do just need to step away, or your capacity and energy is a little bit lower. And so parenting wise just for example I think it's so interesting because it can go two ways we really need the support at this time to retreat a little bit and if we can give ourselves that or be held in that then I find that this is a really good time for me to like have a really gentle soft energy and presence and I I can do some really good listening and parenting and you know, also explaining to the children, like, mom's bleeding, so I need a bit of space and a bit of downtime. Like, this is not the time for doing adventurous trips. It's, you know, it's more kind of lower, quieter. And so if I can communicate that and ask for what I need, and if I can be supported to have that, then it can be this really beautiful time of role modeling to your children, the fact that, you know, they need restful times too. Like, maybe it's a time for they can, you know, do some self-directed play more, and maybe they can support you and and have that kind of understanding, you know, of what's happening in mum's body and what she needs, and and just sensing that, you know, there's there's a reason why her nature's probably changed. Like you, you, we do change when we're bleeding, but if we're not supported, it can be quite a difficult time because we're expected to just carry on regardless, just suck it up and push on through. You know, the world is not built for for women bleeding and so it can be this real negotiation of how can I have what I need how can I really meet my own needs that feel very present while still doing all the things so it's something to watch for because it's that real tension between like retreating just a little bit because how you start your cycle will then play out for the whole rest of the cycle versus you know being present with your children being present with what you need to be present with in work in life but in a way that feels really supportive for you. So, after that, we have spring. So, spring is when your period ends and your hormone levels start to rise again. And the egg is now being ripened in your ovary at quite a rapid state. And it's like your energy wise, you're having like this re emergence. So, if you think about spring, it's like things are starting to blossom and the animals are starting to come out of you know, their quiet hibernation. Their, the birds are singing more, it's getting lighter and brighter, and it feels like that in our bodies. If we've had this chance to like circuit break, to reset, press the reset button during our bleeding time, we can have this energy that's like, I'm back. Ah!" Um, (laughs) And I sort of feel like it's this real emergence. And it's so interesting because this is also the season. There's a really beautiful teaching and I'm not I've heard it through lots of people so I'm not actually sure of the origin of, of this teaching but each phase of the cycle is also a mirror for different phases of our life cycles so this spring is a mirror for the maiden time of life which is like our childhood so the, the sort of naught to 25 kind of age before we had that kind of real maturation into mother and so I find it a really interesting point because it's a time where actually a lot of women can struggle so we might feel that energy rising and that sort of like I'm back it might be you know a moment where we're thinking about all the things that we haven't had done uh, got done sorry during our menstrual time if we've had low energy or, or you know been kind of taken our foot off the gas which we should be doing but in this world, there's that real pressure to do. And so we can get the sense of, oh, I'm behind, I'm overwhelmed, and we can tip too far straight out of rest, straight back into action without having this gentle re-emergence. And it's a playful time. Our, it's our very interesting cocktail of hormones going on in our bodies. And like the maiden, like I, you know, our inner child self, there can be this really strong sense of wanting to be playful, curious, to discover, like kind of wonder and, and kind of a bit more a bit more fun. Energy can come out as you know as one aspect of that. But the other aspect is that if we feel like we're being pushed out of our restful time too soon, maybe we didn't get the rest we needed. Maybe we didn't listen to ourselves or have our, our needs heard and met. Maybe if we didn't get that true pause in our bleeding time, it's like we're being forced to grow up too soon. So it's, it's it can be a time of resisting taking on responsibility of like having to adult again, and it can be a really strong mirror for how we experienced our first periods, our teenage times, our early adult times, our childhood times, of how supported we were at that time in our life how heard we were and, and not and, and traumas can can really come up so it, it's really interesting how the menstrual cycle is like a mirror it can shine a light on just as children do and parenting does it can shine a light on uh, how we were not supported or not heard not not feeling or you know helped to feel worthy as children it can all come up again at this point of, in the cycle and so if you're, from a parenting point of view, if our children, you know, can push our buttons at any time, now is a time where that can actually happen quite strongly. And, and I think it's a I think it's really misunderstood because the premenstrual time of the cycle gets, you know, a bit of a, a reputation about, you know, the moods and the crankiness. But there's a real tenderness in this spring phase. And so it's just something to really watch. It can have this playfulness, but it can also have this real kind of tenderness as well that we really need to acknowledge after that we move into the middle of our cycle so the third season out of the four this is summer so our body's ovulating now we're at the peak of the cycle like the peak of the wave if you think about nature like everything's in full bloom it's hot there's lots happening if you think of the summertime of year you know it's kind of busy busy and our hormones are at their peak Levels as well as our body is ovulating, so releasing the egg from the ovary, and it's this. It's said to be the season of the mother, so this mother archetype with this particular combination of hormones, it can bring us into a real nurturing, caring, connector archetype within ourselves. We can that that part of us can really come to the fore. So it's very beautiful for parenting. We can be. You're able to listen and hold space, and just, you know, a lot of love can be present because oxytocin is very present as well. So it can really be like quite a lovely time when we've got high energy, and, you know, it can be time for more, more busyness or more active things to do as a family. That's certainly something that I know to be true for me. And then there's also this other side of it. So it can also bring up feelings of like martyrdom or, or victimhood where, you know, it depends on how we associate the role of the mother or even how we feel about our own mothers. It, it can really come up of, am I expected to give so much here? Am I am I giving too much of myself? And, and it can be so easy to give. So it's a really important time to just tune in with ourselves as well. Am I listening to myself? Am I meeting my own needs? I need to bring back a bit of self-care here. Don't burn out. Just really tuning in because we can be so open here and you know that that can be a very beautiful thing but also we need to have boundaries around it so sometimes people do struggle around this time of their cycle you know mother how like I say feelings about our our motherhood can can come up maybe what we are expected to do and be as mothers this idea that we're supposed to be it all, do it all for everybody all the time, that kind of, I think it's a bit of a toxic version of of motherhood. It can come up. And so again, it's all about that listening inwards, but just to a different aspect of ourselves in this part of our cycle. And then the last part is the premenstrual time, which is known as the inner autumn. And I think this is such a beautiful time. A lot of people really struggle with it until they learn what's going on and then it can be a really beautiful time so like in nature autumn is letting go of its leaves it's starting to you know, it's the harvest time so we're reaping the the rewards of the cycle so far but we're also letting go of all the things that are are no longer needed like composting for example and so as our energy and our hormone levels start to decline again post ovulation as we're starting to head back towards our next period which will will come so there's always two weeks between whenever you ovulate to when your next period is so if you can work out when you're ovulating as a side note then you can work out when your ne- next period is coming and that's something that's really important to help children learn as well and I can talk maybe in a minute about how we know we're ovulating but just to wrap this part up as as our like we're going into this descent phase in our body, and we're being drawn back inwards from this very outward, extroverted time of summer of, of ovulation back into ourselves. And so, you know, it could be a real time of wrapping up or needing to think about preparing for winter again. How can I support myself now? What do I need to do in order to ensure I've got the support that I need to have this more restful time during my bleed? But it's a real time of, you know, if our needs aren't being met, if our boundaries are being crossed, whether we're crossing our own or others are, are crossing them too, then that is when we can get um, like premenstrual sy- symptoms. And this is obviously the part that gets such, you know, it gets really weaponized against women. Of, you know, oh, is it that time of the month, and you know, you cranky you know, whatever, all the words that we know and that we've probably been called or heard others called at some point in before. Whereas actually, yes, there is something going on. <laughs> and yes, it is that time of the month. And it's the time of the month when all of a sudden I can see all of the BS that I don't want to put up with anymore. And so when we, insta- instead of feeling like there's something wrong with us and that we are unpredictable and You know, unaccepted and unloved, all these parts of us that are not loved will come to the surface. And if we can listen to that, then actually we can, you know, if we can honor those needs, then we can cut out from our lives, whether it's habits, behaviors, dynamics, whatever it is that's not working for us, even if it's just wrapping up, you know, projects, for example, then we can come into, you know, deeper peace and acceptance within ourselves and you know embrace some of those moods and energies and you know anger for example rage can be really strong here picking fights to have a bit of space can be here as well um and it's all that deeper body wisdom of what's your body asking you what what what's going on what are you not listening to what needs to be heard and acknowledged before you can really be free of this Wow. So it's a really important time to to reclaim that. And it's the archetype of the wild woman. And the other thing I just really want to quickly add is that this is like a mirror of, of post-menopause, the post-menopausal life. So this older archetype within us who's perhaps a bit more world and, and experienced. And I think it's true that it can also tap into a part of us who like wants to be done with all of the responsibilities that we've had, who wants to have more time and freedom and space for herself again, who wants to reclaim who she is. And I think that lives within all of us. And she can really come out to the fore at this part of, you know, and if we can listen to that, then we can, we can meet that with, you know, more peace and grace and understanding. But it's it's interesting as well, because, you know, if we think about, perimenopause, menopause, it's like a puberty in, in reverse. So if you've got children who are tweens, teens going through puberty or having menstrual cycles, you know, going through this very like individuation process of finding who they are, at perimenopause and menopause, as women, were doing the same thing. It's just our hormones are, are doing the opposite thing, but the, it's like a second puberty process. And so there's a real need here for understanding and compassion and and holding, especially if you've got children who are going through puberty whilst you're going through perimenopause because it can be a you know a really challenging time or a really beautiful time to come together and communicate um, and, and and do it from a place of understanding. So I hope that helps. Yeah, wow, I loved that. That's amazing. Yeah, just so much
0: information. Thank you. That was really generous of you to describe it in such depth. And I I just love that sense of it being the seasons and this real, with this deepened understanding about what's going on at each stage and what our needs are at at each stage. I love that invitation just to that we're not like, we don't have to push through anymore. (laughs) We don't have to force ourselves through. And deny that there are these these cycles and these rhythms to our life. And instead,
1: mm.
0: it's such a beautiful opportunity to, to honor our, our needs and our feelings within each season when we understand it in this way. And to such a beautiful opportunity to just be tuning in and to be Thinking more and to be bringing more awareness to what's going on and, and what we're needing, and to be modelling that to our daughters and to our sons as well is is so powerful. And I loved the sense from each of those seasons how each one gives us healing opportunities in its own little way, in its own little rhythm. Mm-hmm. All of the different seasons through through play and through tenderness and through awareness and just increasing that sense of self care, self acceptance self-honoring and self-trust too and I loved what you were saying at the end there about that experience because I I was going through that very much with my daughter when in fact her first ever period was my last ever regular period and it was this really beautiful opportunity for amazing connection and shared understanding and it was just a, a really perfect and glorious thing really and I was fortunate enough, there was a woman living where I live now. She doesn't live here anymore. But when I moved down here and she'd written this beautiful book called Welcoming w- Womanhood. And I'd bought that years before my daughter was approaching puberty. But we'd always like explored that book. And even when she was much, much younger, she was often drawn to it and she would go and pull it off the shelves. And it had these beautiful illustrations in it. And so even before she got to that stage, she had this, this much deeper knowledge of what was coming than than I had. We had this beautiful ceremony, and she—I gave her these um, all these beautiful gifts of different menstrual products and and self-care oils, and this beautiful bangle where you bracelet where you can move the thingy to go through and track what day you're at in the cycle. And we had this beautiful meal all together as a family, and gave her you know lots of practical things too like a red towel so that she could always go to the beach and always <laughs> if she bled and leaked afterwards it didn't matter and it's just such a different way and it's just i can see such immense power in in understanding this and living in this much more self-connected way. And of course, again, this aligns so beautifully with aware parenting because that's that's really what it's what it's all about. And mm. I just wonder if there's anything else you'd like to share about this process of of having this knowledge and, and the the value at, at an individual level of of being able to tune into to our wombs and, and embrace our cycle and and to build our life around it. Is there anything else you'd like to add about that before we go on to talk about something else?
1: Mm. Firstly, I just really want to acknowledge what you said about how you supported your daughter at that time. That is so precious. That's so beautiful. Um, she'll that will change her life forever, you know, and the in the the way that you honored that and supported her and shared that knowledge with her before, because now she will grow up knowing that her body is sacred and special and to be treasured and to be understood and 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 accepted rather than not trusting it and not. You know, like needing to outsource. We do outsource, you know, our health. And if that's if that's her first rite of passage, you know, through her, her blood. And then we've got if she, if she becomes a mother one day, then there's motherhood, and then menopause. And how we experience those later rites of passages is directly affected by how we experience our first period, because it teaches us how to relate to our body and and cycle, whether to trust it or not whether to outsource you know fixing it or controlling it or turning it off or you know all these things it's it really impacts how we go through so how we birth our children and how we birth our children is how we parent our children it's how we attach it's how, it's it's everything and then it sets that child up so it has a really strong intergenerational effect on on you know how we experience these early rites of passages, it doesn't just affect us for the whole of our life. It affects everybody in our lineage until somebody changes that. Uh, It's incredible. It's so powerful. So the other thing I just want to touch on, which is really what I felt to say, is that you talked about sharing with your daughter before, way before her first period, making sure she'd got that knowledge and access to support and information beforehand And I think that that's really important. So instead of waiting, I think a lot of parents go, oh, I'm not sure they're ready, or I'm not sure it's time, or aren't they going to get it from the school? Or, you know, again, outsourcing. It's, can we just bring them into this knowledge from day dot, so that it's always normal, and they're always, you know, they're picking it up as they go along in age-appropriate ways. It's visible, it's, you know, we're not hiding it from our children. We're helping them to understand where we're at in our cycle so that they know that one day like when, when they start to notice changes within themselves, they'll already have the language and they'll already have a role-modeled way of, of tapping into self-care, of listening into it, to their bodies. And it really supports you as a parent because instead of having to – you're holding yourself to standards like I'm always going to be fully present and high energy and always going to do, you know, whatever it is every day. It's it's accepting that you actually might not have the capacity to and that it's such a gift to yourself and your children to really honor that and to tend to yourself first and then, you know, your children receive from that. I think that's really powerful. And not all of us are lucky enough to, well, I think I say that, that's my words. I feel very lucky that I can work for myself and I have autonomy over my schedule as well. And, you know, lots of people go to work, they're in schedules or rhythms where they might not be able to change that or, you know, whatever it is you're doing outside of the family it can be really helpful to understand where you're at in your cycle. So charting your cycle, like knowing which day of your cycle you're on or, you know, then from there you can work out which season you're in and therefore thinking, okay, well, how am I feeling? What do I need? And then from that place, tending to self, tending to others, engaging in the world from there. Then we can just do a little bit to support our needs across the cycle rather than just expecting that we're the same every day and that we can power on through because we can't Mm. so that would be the first step I think and just giving ourselves I think it gives us a huge amount of compassion when we understand this makes Mm. so much sense
0: yeah I love that I really love that and I know that I was really keen for my daughter to have a very different experience. But actually, what I modeled throughout her early childhood whilst I was still in this cycle and having these cycles before I got into that perimenopausal stage that I'm in now was just pushing through. So it's like, I want things to be different for you. I want you to be able to tune into your body, but I'm just not gonna, I'm just gonna push through and, and keep going and and not apply any of this knowledge to myself. So I love that sense that what we're modeling. And that when we have this understanding then of each of these stages, we are able to to make choices w- wherever we can find them in our lives, to be more living mm. in sync with our cycle, to be charting what's going on for us and to then be supporting ourselves at each stage in a way that actually helps our body and, and mm. helps us to survive the, well, not even survive actually, it's to, to to thrive within each of those stages. I think that's really, really beautiful. Is there anything else you want to say about the different stages? Uh, you've talked beautifully about the cycle within the month, but what, is there anything else you'd like to say about the different stages of this process, the, the menarch stage, the Metrescence stage, the, the menopause stage? Is there anything else you'd like people to know about that?
1: Yeah, I I think that especially if you're thinking about your own children, as you know, as children go through their own developmental stages it, it inevitably brings up how we went through those stages ourselves and I think that if anybody listening is thinking that that maybe this is something they'd not really thought about before but actually when they do think about it they can think about how they experience that time of their life or maybe even can't remember because if we can't remember then it means that there was something really significant going on that took all the attention away and like our experience was was overlooked and and met. So there can be a whole lot of memories, feelings, yeah, emotions, traumas even, that live in the bundle, all tied up with how we remember our first period experience. And so healing this is a really important piece of work we can do if if and when we feel ready to to just revisit that to revisit what happened, how it went, what the messages that we received about our body, ourself, and our cycle are. So whether that's my body is something to be hidden and not talked about, or whether you know it's secret women's business kind of thing, or whether it was just a non-event, I was excited, but nobody else was excited. It, it can bring up a lot of messaging that we pick up a lot of, you know, underlying stories about how we feel about ourselves. So when we can go back and really tend to the wounds that are there, but also celebrate whatever was good there as well too, then it can give us this chance to to really like come into a new relationship with ourselves and revision and give us a chance to start again wherever we're at in life to move forwards and to embrace ourselves so we can see the pattern that's been playing out through our life maybe through our like through ancestrally as well and we can think okay well you know if that's been the path that i've taken so far do i want to continue that or do i want to change that and how can i change that and you know it's all part of passing on something different to to cho- our own children as well because we have to do this you know this inner work in order for us to really embody the changes that we want to to pass on, like you were saying, it's one thing to talk about it and, and want something better, but children see everything through how we how we treat ourselves. And so this this is a really important, a really special thing that we can do to just tend to th- those parts of us and you know honor honor her little you who, who had whatever experience. So it can be something, if you're going through matrescence now or will be, if you're, you know, if you're having another child, for example, you can think about, okay, what are the stories and how can I, how might I reframe that or change that as I go through childbirth again, or wherever you're at in your motherhood journey, it's never too late. We can always just look at this and think about, you know, these are so interconnected, they mirror each other. What is it that I've learned about? Being a woman, being who I am, that, that's been playing out, and how might I want to change that into the future? And obviously, with menopause, it's this great initiation into our post bleeding years. And, you know, there's, there's beautiful sayings, there's a Native American saying, where at men are our first period, we, we meet our power in our menstrual cycle years, we practice our power. And then at menopause, we become our power. And it's like this this harvest of our life so far, this distillation of the gifts and the qualities and, and the truths about who we are and what we stand for. And so it's this great undoing, this great, you know, reverse puberty, as it were. And and everything can come undone, a bit like with motherhood, really. <laughs> and it's a chance to think about, okay, so what do I want for myself, for the world, the community at large, my family? And again, to look at what's been playing out so far and how do we want to navigate that next word of passage? It's, I think that that's a really impactful, reflective self-awareness, growth, healing process that we can do if and when we're ready, gently, yeah, and just tune in.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful.
1: Such an amazing opportunity. And
0: of course, yeah, I think you know, reaching out for support in, in all of that process is so important, isn't it? Because it's part of that pushing through Absolutely. and trying to do it all ourselves. And so I love the sense that there's increased understanding about this, increased vocabulary about it and awareness, so that, and then lots of spaces to go and get support with, with all of that process, whatever that looks like for you. That's, that's so beautiful. So another thing I'd love to talk to you a little bit about is around supporting the men in our lives to have a deeper understanding of this. So whether that is our sons to have a deeper understanding of of the phases that we're going through, or whether it's our partners understanding it, or whether it's the fathers of our daughters understanding it, I think it is something that is increasingly, there's more talk about it. There is more vocabulary about it out in the world. There is this language now around it all. And I think I, I think I can see like the way my daughter is, for example, and how free of of shame she is it means that the men in my family are getting exposed to that too and and benefiting from that. What would you like to say about how we can support this aspect of this this mm-hmm. important piece of this whole conversation?
1: I feel like this is the, like, it's like the next frontier after we have, you know, learned this for ourselves and done this inner work and come into a better relationship with, with all of this for ourselves, it's then, okay, how do I then put this out into the world or into even just into the family? Like how can I share this with others? And that can be quite a daunting process if we're just at that tender point of of really learning about it for ourselves. But it's so important because you know it's kind of like preaching to the choir that expression where you know we've got we're building literacy and understanding and support and positivity within our own community of 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 women and 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 daughters and girls but then it's like how can we get these other people who maybe it's not their experience to have a period or you know even school teachers where maybe they've got female teachers who do and have had periods but the context is different so how can we take it outside? And I think that this is absolutely the next step to really to really work on. And I think actually when it comes to the males in the family, they really want to know. They're only awkward because they've been kept out of the conversation and they just don't know. And instead of being able to say, generally, of course, this is a massive generalization, but instead of being able to say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Teach me, there's this cultural finger pointing, uh, yuck gross, shame, blame, keep it out. I don't, I don't want to be any part of it. And that's the cultural narrative that I've grown up with, you know, a lot of us have grown up with. Um, it's very separate because boys are just not included in any of the conversations, any of the education beyond this is a period and it's messy and. And now it means you can get pregnant as well. So, you know, that's the kind of message that boys are getting is it's something to fear. And so they grow up, they become the fathers and they're still very uncomfortable. So if we can just start to bring them in and give them little bits of knowledge, normalize it, not hide it, let them know, you know, what a menstrual cycle is, we can just make it more and more visible everyone's going to have a different comfort zone with this so for some people it might be absolutely fine to just have great conversations about it like hey I really want to share this with you I'm learning about this and I really want to I really want you to know so that you know and you can support me and you can support our daughter etc and for others it might be more of a a slower paced approach but I love to talk to my husband about where am at in my cycle? And, you know, he'll now say things like, where are you in your cycle? And I'll say here and he'll say, oh, I thought so. And he'll be really beautiful about supporting me when I have my period, for example, to always make sure I get, even if it's just an hour of just quiet time, where he'll take the girls out maybe of the house or if, if everyone's at home still so just be the go-to instead of, you know, mum, mum, mum. It's like, mum's having some time. I'm here, you know, what, and, and just lead lead the way with the family so little things I think just explaining the concept that we don't have the same energy and capacity every day and that our body is trying to tell us something and that you know it's something to be listened to and 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 to be heard and to be met can be really just you know a nice way for them to see it as something that that holds wisdom rather than this confusing Thing. I just don't I just don't know what this is we can encourage them to you know buy period products at the shop <laughs> for example is something that they've been really awkward to do it's that sort of storyline that we even see played out on TV shows but just helping them to get comfortable helping them to know what things are and just not assuming they don't want to know because I think generally they do and you know I'm having conversations with my husband about when my daughter starts her first period like this is going to be something that we're going to celebrate and I'll ask her how she wants to celebrate it too. But just getting him all ready to kind of think about the future and what it's going to be like when there's four of us in a house with periods. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So we've got three daughters. <laughs> like just, just talking about it. So I think just conversations, bringing them into the fold, not assuming that they don't want to know. You don't. We don't necessarily need to sit them down and give them a whole lecture on it, but just letting them see in real time where we're at and, and just letting them in, I think, can do the world of good. And obviously, that applies to, to sons as well. Just letting them in, and the earlier, the better. So it's just always normal, and you know, one day they'll be able to go out there and, you know, as adults who are cycle aware. And I think that if that's it, it. Starts from an early age. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I love
0: that. I loved all of that. Absolutely. And this is something that you have, we've touched on throughout this conversation, but I'd love to get really clear about the wider impact on our culture of a renewed understanding, awareness, and connection with this whole discussion around our cycles and, and what it means to be a woman and so on. And I think it's really beautiful because in in aware parenting I just see we think about it as as initially like what we're doing to support our children and to make parenting easier. And then increasingly we understand the profound significance on the world of raising our children in this way with greater connection to their feelings, greater awareness of their needs, greater relationships and stronger connections in the family with play and laughter and, you know, all of the beautiful aspects to it and how that then ripples out to to bring to the world a, a really significant and powerful opportunity for, for change, for growth, for healing. And, and like when we think about where we're at in the world now, I was having this conversation with one of the other Aware Parenting instructors yesterday about how living this way actually is the answer to, to to so many of the problems in the world and to healing the world. And I'd love to know what your perspective is on that in in relation to this specific area that you uh, have so much expertise in.
1: Mm, I love your, what you just said there too. I feel like the answer is very much the same. I think that when we can learn to listen to our body, understand That we have a cycle, understand that the cycle is there for a reason as well. So, as we've talked about, we're not always on. We have these times for restoration and renewal and inward times. So, and we're not just always outwards giving, doing, busyness. It's that chance to listen to ourselves, to tend to ourselves, to connect really beautifully from an embodied place, to share that wisdom with children, with family, with others. It's it's so profound because what we're doing is, as I was saying with the rites of passage piece, is that we don't give away our power. We can listen to what we need and what we want and what's true for us, and you know, really tap into that embodied yes and no, and have much more sovereignty and control rather than just feeding into this system that we're in that really disempowers people from all of that. It's it's you know wanting people to to conform and and play out and and perform and just support the the greater system that we live in. And actually if we by by taking back our bodies, we're, that we really are taking back our power. We have so much potential for change in all the ways because what we're seeing is people are when they understand that their body has a cycle and the earth has a cycle that we're meant to live cyclically as well. We're meant to live in this rhythm that flows through high times and low times, in times and out times. Like we're not meant to be hustling and burning out. We're not meant to be sick. We're not meant to be stressed and stretched in all the ways that we are. This is how we reclaim our natural essence, like our truth. and when we do that in enough numbers, you know, we see collective change. I think it's really interesting hearing about what the 20-year-olds in the workforce are doing now. Like they don't want to work like people in previous generations have. they they're prioritizing more self-care time, more travel time, more downtime. I'm seeing research being done in working four days, not five, and I'm not sure that's necessarily the answer. But, you know, things are starting to change. And I think the more that people individually and then collectively take back their, well, actually, that's not true for me. And that doesn't feel good to me. And that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my family. It doesn't serve my community. Then we have a resistance and we have the impetus for great change. Um, it's what we need in the collective because we've, we're have we still playing out this patriarchal capitalist model that is all about squeezing absolute maximum output from people. And what our menstrual cycle tells us is that that is not sustainable. It is not the answer. Our body is the key. It's the map. It's the compass. It's telling us how we are meant to, to live and be well and relate in the cyclical way. And I do think that the more that we can come back to that the earth heals as well. The earth is sick. We can see huge imbalance and here where I live in Australia we're already in spring and we're still meant to be wearing winter coats and absolutely freezing to bits. It's already t-shirt weather. I think that the earth is is definitely out of out of sync and we know it is it's climate change because we've forgotten how to let the earth have its own cycle as well so these cycles are cosmic they're earth they're within our bodies individually there's the life cycles there's there's all of these rhythms that are cyclical that play out in in life and i think that we'll learn to stop hopefully trying to make it rapid fast outputs and, and growth and i think that we can instead come back to letting things live and and grow and die and replenish on on its own timelines and I think you know there's so much power for global healing collective community family and individual healing when we can work with our menstrual cycle instead of resisting it and fighting against it
0: Mm -hmm. I love that yeah I really get that sense too it's just that profound collective power of connection and mm. the, in contrast to that profound and destructive influence and impact of, of that disconnection, whether that's yeah from ourselves, from each other, from our bodies, mm. yeah, from the earth. And I love that sense of, of, yeah, the rhythm and the flow of life. It's just beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So how can
1: people learn more about you, Charlotte? How do you share your work? What do you offer? Mm, Thank you for the invitation to share. So first of all, I have a podcast that's called Wildflow Podcast, and it's a place for learning more about menstrual cycle wisdom and rites of passages, lots of conversations as well with interesting and aligned topics. So I find that that's a really great resource for someone who wants to learn more. So you can find that wherever you listen to, to podcasts. I also have a couple of short, uh, like on-demand courses that that people can do. One is really about understanding your own menstrual cycle and working out, you know, how you experience it for yourself. The idea of cycle thinking, so matching up, you know, life, parenting, self-care with where you're at in the cycle, and really just taking that and making it your own individual practice. And that's called Find Your Flow. And I have another one as well. That's this womb healing, menarch storytelling, a rites of passage healing, beautiful journey that is called making story. So it's you know telling your story, and there's there's rituals and practices in there to to listen to your maiden self and to work through and honor that part of you, and and to look at where you've you know what your story has been and where you're going. I do one-on-one coaching with women as well which is very much about you know this this deeper parts so of this interconnectedness and looking at all parts of of your cycle but what it's telling you in in this deep deeper way and I have the first moon circle school as well so it's it's got quite big now it's uh, it's very exciting we've got facilitators in Uh, lots of countries around the world. And so if you're looking for an experience for your child, we do these circles for nine to 12 year olds, and we've got a directory of our facilitators. You can come on and and find someone who's hopefully somewhere near you, but we're also doing online circles too, which is a beautiful alternative if you can't get to one. So there's parent resources, there's lots of things available on, on that website, as well as if anyone's interested in joining our facilitator training, we've got the next round. is starts in 2024 and enrollments will open for that October, November this year. And you don't need to have any experience. It's something that if you're passionate about, then we can give you the skills, the training, the knowledge, and lots of support to be able to get out there and you know, take this knowledge into your own family and then share it as well with your community around you. So that's all on the First Moon Circle School website, which is www.firstmooncircleschool.com. And all of the information for everything else is, you can find it through my Instagram, which is at charlotte.ponto.coach Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. I'll put all those links in the, in the
0: show description. That's beautiful. And the last thing I always ask my guests at the end of the podcast is what, would you love to have known if you go back to the beginning of your parenthood journey? Think something that you deeply know and understand now. What would you have loved to have known back at the beginning, or what would you tell yourself if you could travel back in a time machine to that beginning of parenthood?
1: There's a couple of things that come to mind, and one is really just trusting the process you know, the timing you know, that's that saying, this two shall pass, like everything has its own reason and timing and and flow and to just surrender to that and not feel like I need to control anything I think I that was something I really it took three children to to really learn to to let go and to trust myself and, and them and to know that you know we have to go through everything's a lesson and a learning and an opportunity and that if we can just let that let that unfold. It's it's the greatest transformational journey that I've ever ever experienced. And which flows into the second thing, which is how much I'd be triggered <laughs> as a parent is is normal, actually. And to have support and to to not feel like a failure or a bad person or any of the things I've felt about myself. We're not understanding that this is meant to be a transformation. It is meant, you know, matrescence is a transformation, and it's it's a it's a healing opportunity, and that that's okay. But it's really important to have support and not feel like you need to hold it together and, and do it by yourself. Because I think that that's that's been a real a real learning for me. I think that's where I will leave that one. Yeah. Beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you.
0: Wow. I've loved this conversation so much. I've learned so much from talking to you and I'm really, really grateful for you sharing all of your expertise and wisdom about this. I think really, if you're a human being listening to this episode is going to be immensely powerful. So yeah, I'm really, really grateful for your time. It was such a pleasure
1: to meet you. Thanks so much, Joss. I really appreciate it and I've loved it too. And thank you, yeah, everyone for listening. As you say, there has been a lot of information in there, but I think that it's something that if you can let sink in and come back to and replay any parts that you need to, to rewind. And if you've got any questions, you can feel free to jump on Instagram and I'll get back to you and support you with that too. So thank you. Thank you for joining
0: me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures.